Welcome to the Bifocal Podcast with John White and Jason Himmelstein, where we talk about business intelligence and the Microsoft stack with news, interviews, and expert opinions from around the space. This is episode 151, recorded on June 25th, 2020, where John and Jason talk about changes to some formerly useful custom visuals, Power BI Report server licensing change, and a conversation about apps. Good morning, Jason. Good morning, John. How are you now, buddy? I'm very, very good. It's a beautiful day outside. Always talking about the weather. Everything's working well. Yeah, it's a... Things are good. That is awesome. Home, which is where I like to be in the summer. So I don't mind all this stuff so much. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm. Uh, the, the weather here has been a little bit wacky. And by that, I mean it's hot. But <laughs> yesterday, it was nice and cool. We had a crazy storm two nights ago that uh, it, it was like 8 in the morning, actually. Had mm-hmm. less than half an hour, dumped half an inch of rain, and knocked out a big chunk of tree. It oh, was wow. just all the... We, and we had no idea. We just thought, oh, just a good hard rain. Went on the side of the house, big hunk of tree came Ooh, down. Yikes. So, yeah, happily no damage or anything, but it definitely was uh, was different. Did you have to get the chainsaw out? My neighbor did because it was high enough up. He has a chainsaw on a pole. Nice. Which those things look like, who came up with this? Yeah, someone who has a death wish. Although yeah, the- I had a bit of a chainsaw incident earlier this year. You might appreciate this. I had a big tree back in the woods. I was a dead tree. I was taking it down and it get through. I got through the whole thing and then it pinched the saw, the blade, right? So uh-huh. you can't, you can't pull the thing out. So, okay, this is a country story. So I, <laughs> I, I get the tractor because it's cut through. I, I pull the chain, I wrap the chain around the tree, start pulling back with the tractor and the the tree comes up it's just it, it comes off and it shifts and it shifts completely sideways it didn't come down the way i was pulling no it went over to the side right where the chainsaw was bang so i need a new chainsaw i <laughs> well that's yeah you know new toys you know i'm sure there's new technology and chainsaws is there a Bluetooth chainsaw or Not something really, you can get no. some analytics it's, it's off of it? Same, it'll be the same chainsaw. Oh, there oh, might okay, be something well. new, but yeah, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Understood. I have a lot of spare parts. Anyway. That's not a bad thing. Chainsaw story. <laughs> Weather here has been decent. It's supposed to get super hot coming up, but next week, and I'm not sure if we're going to actually do a show next week or not. John, in celebration of America, I have the week off uh, from work. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, it's like July 4th or something like that. Yeah, right? coming up a, next, a, week from, a week from Saturday is July 4th. Oh, okay. uh, but the firm shuts down for a week, which is really nice. It's, uh, it's a good time to just take off and be with the family because okay. I haven't been with them for the past six months. We'll but see, we're well, actually, July 1st is a holiday for us, so we'll see how well, we're there going. you go. Yeah, yeah exactly. But uh, it also is MVP Renewal Day, so we'll have to see what, what that does oh, for us. Oh, I suppose us. it is. Yeah, yeah so we'll mm-hmm. see what happens there. But uh, Jill and I decided to get out of the house, so we're Airbnb, Airbnb. Uh, you know, the house three doors down from us is for rent. So we're just gonna. <laughs> I'm just kidding. We're actually gonna go out. There's a. We found a place that's on uh, a lake where it's like literally, it's a private dock and everything, so the kids can fish. And so we're gonna just get away for a couple of days. It's gonna be really, really nice. But you know, just for a couple of nights. But the really nice thing about the place. No Wi-Fi. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. You got to like that. So there's not even a temptation. Nope. I'm not taking a laptop. I'm going to go away and I'm going to, you know, not do work for a couple of days. It's going to be kind of nice. Yeah, that's the best part about, well, it's not the best part, but it's one of the ama- awesome parts about going on a liveaboard dive trip. When you're out in the water, there's no, there's nothing. 
you can't connect if you wanted to. So yeah. Every once in a while, you guys get bursty internet and I see pictures that get posted when you're doing that. And that's about <laughs> it. It's kind of fun. This episode of the Bifocal Podcast is sponsored by Tigraph, the award-winning reporting and analytics platform for Office 365. Get the full picture of your Office 365 network by using Tigraph. See how customers leverage its actionable insights to better understand their organization's usage, collaboration, and adoption patterns. Try Tigraph today. Sign up for a free trial at tigraph.com. Let's dive into it. Let's. We've got a couple of bits of news. It's been mm-hmm. a little bit quiet mm-hmm. coming out of Redmond lately, which can only mean one thing. There's something coming. <laughs> There's got to be stuff coming. There's got to be something around the corner because it's not like these people sleep. They're always doing something. But we have a couple of bits of news, and I think you had a you and I each had rants. I think we were going to go off on little minor rants of things, but yeah, yeah, a little bit. One of them. Uh, Oh, it's a problem. Then I'm bringing it up here. I'm not not to rant, but uh, if you see this behavior, you'll at least maybe understand what's going on. This has affected us. There's been a requirement for custom visuals, Power BI custom visuals, and in particular, certified custom visuals. So you go through the process of having Microsoft say this is safe. One uh, something changed just about a month ago, and now the net result is you're no longer able to render images that aren't being stored in your database set. You know how in the table visual that comes from Microsoft, you can flag a, a particular field as being an image URL, and when you use that in the table, it renders the image. That continues to work. But if you have a custom visual and it's certified, you cannot do that. That's not possible. Yeah, which renders and so essentially has caused CloudScope, which has produced a number of custom visuals over the years, to put out a blog post and say, we're done. Uh, That was one of the reasons that they've said that they're not going to build custom visuals anymore. Uh, The other part was they basically (laughs) were complaining about uh, the long process it takes to review. From what I understand, the Power BI management has taken that up and and they're going to try to fix that the certification problem. But it does give us a problem with any apps that are out there in, the, in, in App Source. We're one of them that uses that visual. Suddenly, they don't work anymore. So you're left with the choice of, do we use uncertified visual? There is one in the store uh, written by Lukasz Pawlowski, uh, who, of course, we've had on the show. Yeah. But the problem with doing that is there's restrictions on uncertified apps. You can't export, you can't print, that's that sort of thing. So we're left in a bit of a limbo here. We don't know what's happening. But if you do get an app from the store, or say you go to the public gallery, right, the uh, data stories gallery, and suddenly you see some images, well, some X's, or we can't render this content, that's probably what's going on. So this is a this is a problem that uh, frankly needs to be addressed. I'm just thinking back to our our SharePoint world where you know cross site yeah. scripting was a thing, right? Is this a similar type of a situation where that because of domain type of of scenarios where they can't do validation on it, that this is a, a one of those situations where they're being overly protective, maybe, mm-hmm. and just trying to try and. Hopefully we'll get a solution, which we did in the in the SharePoint world eventually. Yeah. But for a long time there were there were some issues there that you know just that, where, where they had to draw a line and say yeah. you know we want to make sure that you know we're, we're being cautious. So in Office three sixty five we're going to put a, a barrier. That's the way they did it in the SharePoint world. We don't know exactly what's happening. This thing happens suddenly, and that does smell like 
security concern to me and Microsoft yeah. will always err on the side of that. So that's obviously laudable. It's definitely the effect that we've had. And it does beg the question, right? Why, if this is true, then why is the table visual still able to render images, right? Why does that vulnerability not exist for that? I, I don't know the answer to that. And that's that's the piece of it I don't really get. But uh, hopefully it gets fixed soon. We could use it, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, I definitely think that's a, a, a useful visual. And I think lots of people are using it. Uh, seeing as the And I should point out, the image visual, it renders images that are bound to data. There's a, there's a way to insert an image in a Power BI report right now, but it's static. It's always the same image. This is pulling from whatever the data set is. The next thing here, you actually, you know, be, be, being the, the, the cheeky bloke that you are, went, went and, uh, and, and figured something out and wrote it up for the world to see. You, know, you wrote a blog post that you published, was it yesterday or the day before? It was yesterday. Yeah, it was yesterday. Called Connect to application insights and log analytics with direct query in Power BI. Yeah. I didn't think you could do that, John. You can't, you, you, you couldn't. <laughs> uh, it wasn't obvious. I've uh, looked into it a while before just to give the, a bit of the background on that. So uh, log analytics or application insights, which is uh, more frequently what I'm using in Azure, is a way to instrument an application that's in Azure. And so you basically can send back telemetry data and there's certain stuff by using it you get for free. How your application is responding, how what its heartbeat is like, et cetera, et cetera. So there's a plugin for WordPress that uh, I use on my blog, we use on this blog, that sends that telemetry back. So when someone views a page, it makes an entry and it goes into Application Insights. And if you've worked with either one of these and gone into the query editor, you'll find it's kind of a, a new interface if you're coming from the SQL world. Different query language called KQL stands for Custo Query Language. And bottom line here is it's backed by Azure Data Explorer, which is the code name for Azure Data Explorer was Custo. So it's this, this common engine in behind things. And there is a connector in Power BI for Azure Data Explorer. And the nice thing about using that connector is that you can, of course, use import, but you can use direct query. So you can go directly against, there's compute in behind that thing. You can issue queries and it comes back, which means, so yeah, you can get real-time access to data or data as, as, as soon as it's available uh, there in the engine. So if you're using application insights, it would, would follow that, hey, I should be able to do the same thing. It's the same engine and behind the scenes, right? Well, no, it isn't. Well, it, it is the same engine, but there's no interface for it. If you go to export to Power BI, which is something you can do, it will give you some Power Query M code that you can copy and paste into, into your Power BI desktop, use it. But of course, it's using the web.contents connector which means no compute you can only do the import There's no no direct query available to you so it's kind of a kind of a dead end however the team the azure data explorer team has made available this thing called the adx proxy and the adx proxy essentially gives you a way to get at that underlying cluster, the Custo cluster, the Azure Data Explorer cluster, for either application insights or log analytics. And it's meant to plug into the uh, Azure Data Explorer interface in Azure so you can tie together essentially all your data resources in one place, run queries from the from the same interface. And I got to thinking, hey, I bet you, the, I bet you this uh, proxy... Uh, language works in Power BI. And if you structure it just right, you can pop that in. You can use the Azure Data Explorer connector in Power BI, pop in that uh, the ADX, it's a URL that you know has things like your subscription ID, et cetera, in it. You can pop that in there, connect to it, and you're connecting to the underlying Custo cluster. Bingo, you've got direct query. So that was pretty cool. So I wrote that up and anybody out there can check it out if they want. 
We'll have it in the show notes. We've made a connection with uh, the product manager for Azure Data Explorer. We really need to get Uriel on, on the show. So Uri, if you're listening, uh, you're going to be getting an email from us to uh, to see about getting you on here to have a quick chat about all this fun stuff and more. So uh, keep an eye out for that here coming in the future. Hopefully we were able to get him on mm-hmm. for a nice little chat. But good stuff, man. A uh, lot more stuff starting to pop with direct query, especially now with the new composite model stuff that's coming. Uh, starting to see a lot more need for it, a lot more interesting stuff going on around it. Mm-hmm. So. There's a, I haven't had time to go in and actually watch this video yet. Mm-hmm. I want to highlight it and we, we talked about it. So there's this insane, amazing video out there. And I'm just going to assume that it is because the guy behind it, he, he coined the phrase. So Patrick LeBlanc from Guy in a Cube has a video out there. It's time to free your Power BI data model. We freed up 83%. Wow. That's a huge amount. And I started to watch it the other day. It's, you know, these are, these generally are pretty quick videos. I just, I ran out of time before we sat down to, to do this. I'm very excited to see what Patrick came up with. And by the way, I just want to highlight the fact that Patrick and Adam have been doing the Saturday morning sessions. Oh, yeah. Those are really great. If you have time, we did one of these live sessions with them after MBAS, and they've been doing this consistently every Saturday morning lately. Really recommend if you have an opportunity, get on there. If you have questions for these guys, submit it in the chat. They're doing this live every Saturday, and they're just fun. Because the guys are fun, but they come with good answers to questions on the fly. So if you've got a question, get out there and and have a chat with them. Really good stuff. And there was another thing on YouTube yesterday on Radicad. So just want to point this out. And uh, Reza Rad is doing these things weekly Mm -hmm. on YouTube as well. And sharing Power BI reports with the world, five things to know. This was you talking about anonymous reporting again, wasn't it, John? Ah, uh, yes, of course it was. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a little bit of sharing in general, but I thought it was a good idea. I think it's the second time I've, I've given that talk, and it seems to go rather rather well. But with anonymous access, anonymous access, you know, with great power comes great responsibility, right? Yep. I think there's some confusion about where it's appropriate, where it's not appropriate, and why there's so many red flags around using it. I thought it was worthwhile putting a talk together about that. And that's uh, that's the one I delivered there. There's a URL that we can put in the show notes uh, for the recording. If, uh, I think we probably should do that. So Yeah, definitely a good idea. Yeah, it, I hopped on there and trolled you just at the end. Uh, oh, I didn't, you know, just, I didn't catch it. Because uh, oh, yeah, Reza yeah. was monitoring. I couldn't see any of the questions. You did a good job with the talk. And I do agree with the, with the talk. You, everyone who's ever seen me get ragey about anonymous reporting knows that it's a hot topic for me. Permissions are important. Security is important. You can't come live with me when you get fired for you know publishing your corporate financials anonymously. Yeah, you, that's you just the don't issue, do it. Right? Yeah, honestly, I have this conversation at least two or three times a month with people who come and asking because they're looking for ways around buying a license. Like you tell me, is ten dollars a user a month, which is more valuable to you? That pile of money or the big pile of money you're going to lose for publishing data that you shouldn't be publishing That's right. out anonymously on the web. Because it's just, if you use that the publish to web feature, it's publishing it anonymously. Secure embed, beautiful thing. You can do that. And I show it to people. I'm like I go create a post on my blog and I show them like, anonymous? 
secure. It's not that hard, you know, like there's a reason for this. So Mm -hmm. it's definitely a a hot button thing. And so for people who are still struggling with the idea, with, with understanding it, your talk is a good one for people to go out and listen to. And it's out there on YouTube that you can go out and watch right now. All right, we're rounding in on the last topic of the day, uh, and then we're, we're, well, we've got two topics before we're done. One is uh, Chris Finland went out and published a, an update around Power BI report server licensing. Mm-hmm. And uh, we can cover this off really quickly, I think. Previously, the you know in order to get Power BI report server, you either bought premium capacity and you were entitled to the core licensing, the same as you were buying for premium, if you're buying a P SKU, obviously not an A SKU because it's different, right? But you were getting it that way. Good stuff. But if you didn't have premium, the only way to get Power BI Report Server was to have SQL Server Enterprise Edition with SA, and you had to run it on hardware, right? Or on a VM on your local environment, you know, local data center servers. You could not put it in Azure, you know, as running as a VM. The licensing wasn't allowing for that. And that dates back long ways around SSRS, right? This has been an issue That's right. we've struggled with in the SharePoint space for a really long time. People were wanting reporting, and this was a big issue. When I was at Rackspace, we brought this up numerous times of why is this a thing, and went 11 rounds and finally just gave up on it. But uh now this this change basically the you know drumroll please you can run it on an Azure VM. Yep. Yay! Like that's huge for a lot of people who want to be able to run Power BI Report Server. They now can do that on an Azure VM. It doesn't change the the licensing requirements no. from what I read. Well, uh, you still except that you're allowed to do it. Correct. You still have to have it licensed the same way. Yeah. Right. But you can run Power BI Report Server on an Azure VM for production use, leveraging the the Azure Hybrid benefit. It's an important first step, right? If you're moving to the cloud, you just you just want to do a, a quick lift and shift. You know, you can move your asset from on-prem to in the cloud. It's infrastructure as a service. Uh, your next logical step would be, of course, getting things into the service, uh, you know, paginated reports in the service, or you know, you may have paginated reports that you should use analytically, convert them to PBIX, depending on your need. But this at least gets you up up to the cloud so you don't have to be bound to the on-prem world anymore. It's a first step. Yeah. In the coming months, uh, Chris says that they're going to have some Azure VM templates, which yep. will be really nice. But he does note here that it's only going to be available to customers with software assurance, right? They have yeah. to. Yeah. Well, you know, that's part it, of the it's deal. Still, yeah. It's still, it's the licensing model. So we'll see if that changes in the future. I wouldn't expect it to. It's been this way since the you know it started. And at least now we can run it in Azure. So that's, that's really right. nice. That's right. All right. Now, the next one um, and the last one here that we're going to cover off before we get to our picks mm-hmm. is a uh, new way of getting apps. Yeah. So this is, you know, this reaches back to the early days of Power BI with the get data button. And you, you did we had organizational content packs or you could go out and get content packs. That's all changed. We've got apps now. And uh, if you're an ISV, there are template apps, which they roughly correspond to the organizational content packs from before. They're different tech. But apps get their own section. And one of the, there's a button in the upper right-hand corner of uh, apps. It says get apps. And now there's this unified interface where you can go and look at what your organization has published internally, or you can click on template apps, which is what's available out in app source. So if you're an ISV, that's where you publish the template apps. We do this. And then there's an all apps, which combines everything essentially in a single 
place to munge it all together, I guess. So you, you don't know where it's coming from. So it's basically just a unified way to go and get those applications. It makes more sense. I think the older interface that it basically was inherited from the old content pack way of doing things. You still see that if you click the get data button at the bottom left-hand corner, you'll see organizational apps. You'll see uh, uh, cloud services, I think it's called, or services generally. All that does is take you to the same interface with one of those two things, pre, uh, pre-selected organizational or template apps. So that I would expect to see that UI kind of refined over the next little while as well. But for the moment, the app part of it, the, the interface that is brought up has, has all been unified. So that's what, that, uh, that's what this post is all about. Are you drowning in spreadsheets? Are you gasping for a better reporting solution? Let Marquee Insights throw you a lifeline. They can help you chart a course to success with Power BI, then get underway quickly with one of their quick start solutions while learning the ropes from their experienced staff. If you're ready for reporting bliss, go to marqueeinsights.com and click the Get Started button and learn how they can help you make better, faster decisions with smarter data. I've got a gripe, John. Oh, you do? And yeah, and this what is something is that, new? hey, you know. <laughs> First of all, this is really nice. I it think is. it's a nice new interface. I think it's a good way of, of moving forward. My gripe is a feature that isn't there that I want. Right. So it's, I call them gripes, but you know, my gripes are getting le- less edgy. <laughs> I've noticed the past that. couple of years. Uh, You're it's mellowing been, out. It must be age. I don't know if I'm mellowing out or <laughs> if, if the product is just filling the gaps of the, of, the, you know, <laughs> of the things I've been complaining about. And they're doing a good job with it. So when I say I have a gripe, I don't love. even know if that's actually the, the right way to describe it. But yeah, I won't. It sounds better. It's it's more clip, clickbaity, I guess. Uh, mm-hmm. the, <laughs> yeah, that's but, fair enough. So you and I have had the this conversation. Ways. Yeah, <laughs> you and I have had this conversation numerous times. So when you go in, you're, you're, I'm talking about the discover content section, not the create new content section. Okay, inside the discover content section, there's this clear delineation that they've tried to make here of my organization versus services. Right. Yep. The services is, to, you know, John, you as an ISV are de- defined as a services. I publish a, uh, a template for my cloud based service that has reports, data sets, dashboards and a UI. Yeah, I'm specifically talking about uh, under the get data section here. You know, there's a clear delineation uh, between discover content and create content. I'm not talking about create content. Right. Okay, let's leave that aside. Mm-hmm. Underneath the discover content, there's a, a yet again another delineation between organizational data mm-hmm. and services. And services is usually defined as ISVs. Mm-hmm. So, John, you as an ISV, your app is being uh, made available under services here, and those are referred to as template apps. That's right. So, uh, one of our customers can come in, instantiate this thing, and it will spin up for them a workspace and an app in their environment. Environment, but connected to their data coming from our data center. Yeah. Inside of that, one of the really nice things that you're able to do is you're able to actually give them some sample data yep. as well, right? That's so that's kind of a cool yep. thing. You can drop that in and inside of the workspace, that, hey, here, here's the data, right? So you're able to deploy something out. Yep. The organizational side of things is different. The organizational side of things is I have a data model that I now am able to publish a set of reports to a workspace, but the data model is single, right? Yeah. There's only one data model on the backside of that, 
And I have different reports that people are able to instantiate in their workspaces to be able to visualize and slice and dice and be able to, to get to what they're trying to get to. Every time we do this, John, you always <laughs> want to look at me funny. And, Sorry. And, and, and no, it's okay. We, we, you can have multiple data reflect? models in the workspace. The app can work off. It's just basically, it's a one-to-one, what, what you're getting at is it's a one-to-one relationship between the app and the workspace. Yes. That's what you're getting at. The data in a workspace. Yes. You're just, you're just using the wrong term. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Occasionally right. we do that. You know, that's okay. We're not cutting this, man. This yeah. is, we're, we're rolling forward because if I, if I'm confused in the language, I'm sure other people are as well. Yep. But this is the point is that organizational side is a single data or a data estate that it's talking that the app is talking back yep. to. Yep. Is that a fair statement? Yep, 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 okay. yep. And it's a way to distribute. Basically, you've got a different security model mm-hmm. for the app than you might have for your workspace. That's yeah. but it's a one-to-one relationship. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. That's a nice scenario. Mm-hmm. But there's a middle ground scenario that's missing for me. Mm-hmm. And this is something, you know, I working in a large organization, working for many customers, I want to be able to publish out an organizational template app. Yeah. Okay. I want to be able to have, it's the old project management type of a world, right? I want to be able to have a self-contained app where I can publish some templates for how we should be doing this and be able to publish that directly into a workspace with the right reports attached to it. But I want it completely separate from all of the other stuff that, you know, the other ones. And I need a place to be able to do that from. And the only way to do that today is to actually register as an ISV for something internally and that that's the visible way that I see, John. Is there another way that you see doing it? You don't have to go through the approval process, right? That you would have as if you were an ISV, but you do have to go down the road that an ISV would travel. And, and that is basically, you, there's a few steps. You, you, you take a workspace and you flag it as a template app workspace. Okay, so that's mm-hmm. different than a regular workspace that where you would just publish an app. So if you flag it as a template app workspace, you're taking down this process where there's multiple stages to it. So there's an internal test, there's an external test, and then there's a published stage. Mm-hmm. And that's for, for an ISV. And when you're published, you're in app source, everybody in the world can see it. So in the internal apps, you're basically publishing your template app for internal consumption for testing. And then the next step is it's it's external, but it's not available in the marketplace, but you can hand a URL out to people who are going to test. And then finally, the, the last step is testing. Well, for what you need to do, you can do this today if you follow the first couple of steps and you just take it to that first step. And when you have that, you know, people can instantiate essentially new uh, workspaces and apps from that template, but it's far from streamlined. Streamlined. I don't believe it's even supported. I think you're not supposed to use template apps internally, and that's really what you're saying uh, needs yeah, to change. That's so the thing technically, that I, you can that I do need. it, but yeah, yeah. Because one of the nice things is, and what we're seeing in the apps world is the new deployment pipeline yes. capability, and that's what I'm clamoring for. I love, I love to put that together with template apps. Wouldn't that be cool? Yeah, that's what I'm getting mm-hmm. to. Is I like I, I want an organizational template app mm-hmm. that I can walk through the deployment pipeline for to be able to publish out to my organization to be able to actually leverage. Wouldn't that be amazing? Yes. That's my ask. I haven't put that out into ideas.powerbi.com because I don't know how like, we struggled to say it <laughs> yes. here on the show. So writing let is alone a bit of a to challenge. try and put it out there <laughs> yeah. in uh, in ideas.powerbi.com. But that's what I'm what, I, what I'm missing at this point, John. I hear you. And because we're seeing all of this great stuff coming, we're having these internal discussions. Man, wouldn't this be great to be able to leverage? But we don't want to go through all of AppSource in order to to. We don't need it to be public. We need a 
private version of AppSource, which we kind of used to have capability that we yeah. have that yeah. kind of, yeah. yeah. but yeah. it's not the same thing. So anyway, knowing that we're a little bit short on time, we're going to jump straight through yeah. to our ideas. And I'm going to go first because mine is nice and short. And this way uh, you can take the longer time. I won't take Mine that. is uh, is drill mode by default. Mm-hmm. It would be good if we could set drill mode off or on by default instead of having to click manually on that arrow every time on the report. That bites me all the time. I really, really want this. And this one has a lot of votes, man. This one has, uh, I think it's 1,400 votes already. There's a lot of votes for this one, and it doesn't look like it's being considered yet. So I figured I'd throw it out there and see if we can get some more votes for it and get some eyes on this one. I'm going to nuance it, too. I'd like the ability for both a designer to always prescribe the way it behaves or to set the default way it behaves. So those two things. And then for a user to be able to set their preferred behavior for that button as well. So I think there's there's a number of ways to go about doing that. I agree. Uh, I think it's a good one. Yeah, there's 1,400 votes for this one currently. So let's get out there and vote this one up a little bit more. John, what's yours? Mine has fewer votes. However, it's a lot newer. It has, uh, the last I looked, four. I'm going to assume it's up to five now. (laughs) You would be correct. But it's related to what I was talking about before. Certified visuals should be able to display external images. I'm not going to read the detail as to why that happens, but uh, I'd like to definitely promote people going and voting for this. It should be possible to do this in uh, certified visuals. All right, bud. Well, I think that'll wrap it for the show. Again, we may not publish next week. We may. You never know. It depends upon what news gets out there and what we get excited about. But That's right. If not, we'll definitely be back after the fourth. If I don't talk to you before then, buddy, have a great Merca day. I'll have a good Canada day. It comes a little ahead of you, which is normal for us. We're a little right. ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Take yeah, it easy, know, my yeah, man. <laughs> there is that whole conversion thing. You're on July 1st. We're on the 4th. That's right. Yeah, you got yeah, it. All right, man. All right, buddy. Talk to you. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Bifocal Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to us on SoundCloud, iTunes, or via your favorite podcast app. You can follow us on Twitter at Bifocal Show. The show notes for this and all of the Bifocal podcasts can be found on the Bifocal.show blog. The music for the Bifocal podcast is Indie Rock by Scott Holmes and is shared under Creative Commons.